What's up guys? It is Carly here bringing you episode 32 of the Netflix and Chill Horror Podcast. Yes, that is right. We back. As always, I'm joined by the number one homie, J.P. A.K.A. J.Pig. A.K.A. J.Poop. How are you doing today, J.P.? Why do I got... But I don't want to be called J.Poop. That's gross. And that was a... F- I was trying to come up with another AKA, and that was the first that came to mind. It I don't was, like, like that. Offensive. I don't like it. Why? It's gross. It, I see. Well, um, that's gonna be your name just for this show at least. So deal with it. But how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I wanted to do this episode because, um, I saw that this documentary. Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, was coming out via Shudder. Yes. And I really wanted to see it because, I don't know if you know this, but I pretty much knew that this film was being made since like 2016 or 17. Oh. Yeah, I remember um, Mark Patton. There's actually a couple of weird things about this. So, um, my... Remember that dude that we were at, like, Hibachi or outside that area, and that dude came up and was, like, talking to me, and I said it was, like, Shannon's sister's boyfriend? Yeah. Well, he actually has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, I haven't listened to it or anything, but apparently, um, Mark Patton, like, this was, like, maybe a year or two ago, Mark Patton was coming on his show to interview, uh, about that documentary, and he had called me, and he's like, hey, do you know who Mark Patton is? And I was like, you mean from, like, Nightmare on Elm Street 2? And he's like, yeah, he's supposed to come on my show, but I don't, like, know what to say to him. <laughs> he's like, will you come on and, and, like, talk to him? And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And then that was it. And, like, then, like, my cousin Shannon was like, hey, why didn't why didn't you ever go? Well, like, Chad was wondering why you didn't show up for that Mark Patton thing. And I was like, I don't. I didn't even remember, like, I thought it was, like, a half-hearted, like, will you do this? And, like, I figured he would have, like, followed up with me and been, like, hey, are you still coming on? Hey, we're, like, this time on this day or something. Like, he didn't even give a day I don't, it was, like, well, he said, like, next Friday or something. But, like, it was, like, very just, like, I figured, like, if he really wanted me to do it or if it was still happening, he would have, like, got back to me about it. Yeah, what, do you expect you to just pop up on Skype, the Skype call or whatever? Right, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of... Well, that sucks. That could have been cool. I would have been... I I was like... I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it right then either. Like, honestly, like, now watching the documentary, I would talk to him because I think that it would be, like, cool. I remember Alex interviewing him from the Skeleton Crew. Yeah, he interviewed so many people. I don't really remember exactly. Yeah, he's definitely interviewed this guy probably a couple times, maybe. Mm. But what's funny about this documentary, and we'll get into it in a second, but... Um, you know, I had known about this forever. I, I swear I've heard, um, like Mark Patton on podcasts talk about this for years. Um, I don't know if you know the history of podcasts, like horror podcasts really, but like in the early days, like 2010, like 10 years ago, it was all about interviews. Like every podcaster, yeah. that's mainly what they did was like, in like interview shows. Yeah. And now it's not that at all because one so many people have done it two 
uh, when it was like fresh and new, like all these celebrities, like you used to be able to get like Robert England practically, you know what I mean? In <laughs> yeah. the early days, like they've all done it already. And like, they, it's not really worth the time. Like, you know, it's just, it's too many people would ask to yeah. do it, you know, but back then only like a handful of people were doing this stuff. So like, I remember listening to a podcast where they actually went to a convention and asked Robert England for an interview, and they sat down with him, like, after the convention huh. and, like, drank some, like, beers or something or whiskeys or something and did an interview with Robert England. And uh, it was all about that. I missed those days because it was fun to listen to. Personally, yeah. I'm not a huge interviewer. It's not really my thing. Um, but uh, I, I miss other people interviewing people. Um, but Alex, Alex always did like such a good job with his interviews. Um, I remember like the Danny Trejo one was really good. Him and Dan Chase. That's where uh, Danny Trejo's like agent came on and was like, we gotta go. Yeah. yeah. They barely got to talk to him at all, but it was funny. Cause like Dan Chase, I always pictured Dan Chase being like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I picked that. It's the only thing I remember. I'm like, I love that movie. <laughs> that is pretty much all he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's his catchphrase. Yeah. But, and, yeah. Um, okay, so other things with the documentary is uh, I remember, like, there was one with Nancy that came out, like, called, like, I think it was called, like, My Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Yeah, I think it was. Or no, it's, or it was Na- called Wait. I Am Nancy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I remember, I like, I don't even know if that one's, like, available to really see. Like, I remember it had a little DVD release, and it didn't really seem to, like, get a wide release. But this, it was, like, 2011, so that was, like, such a long time ago. And it, I remember, like, seeing the trailer and it just looking, like, like you know, really kind of cheap and just not so great and stuff. Um, like, it looked like just somebody was, like, following her around with, like, a camera at a convention. And, like, I'm looking right now on Amazon, like, you can't even get it. Yeah. So, I, th- I know you used to be able to buy it from her website, um, but I don't know if that's still available i would actually be curious to pick it up if it is just just out of curiosity Mm. but uh i when i remember mark Patton announcing one i thought it was gonna be like kind of the same thing and it kind of is that a little bit where it's just follows them around a little bit but it's it's more than that you know so um you know i'm trying to see here if you can still buy look the website's down you probably can't get it (laughs) anymore so you can't buy the I am Nancy. It seems. I wonder if I hit her up, like through like Twitter or something. She might have a copy or something. Yeah, she might. But I'm actually curious on that one. Um, but the Mark Patton one, I expected it to be like not as solid, right? Like this more like just you know low budget, like weak editing, just like uh, you know kind of the thing where you they follow him around at the convention and 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 maybe he talks a bit about like the gay stuff and and things like that yeah but it turned out like way better than i was expecting so this is this is uh scream queen yes my nightmare on elm street scream comma queen and it it technically released last year but i think it got its official like wide release here on on shutter and like i think is i think it might be on disc 
But I'll have to double check to see if it's eligible for top 10 of 2020 because it might have got a wide release like VOD last year. I just don't remember. Mm. But uh, what is the plot of this? Basically, you are following Mr. Mark Patton, who starred in A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2, and... Thank you, buddy. It examines the infamous homoerotic subtext and the special place the film holds in the Nightmare franchise, as well as the gay film canon. Partly in thanks to evolving social mores, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which was considered controversial at the time of its release, is now being looked back upon with a new appreciation and fondness of horror aficionados and fans of the series. I made that all up in my head. Okay, so that that's the uh, plot there. Uh, we have interviews from Robert England, uh, Mark Patton, of course, uh, Jack Shoulder, uh, Kim Myers has an interview. Um, did they interview Kilo Gilliger? He was in it, but I don't think they He was just, like, at the convention. I don't yeah, think they okay. talked to him, really. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, quite a few people um, that were interviewed in there. Uh, now, I also remember when I first heard of Fry Gay the 13th, yes. which is um, Andrew. I know him as Andrew. I worked with him a little bit on the podcast Under the Stairs. I don't really know him too, yeah. too well other than that. But he was a very nice dude, and and honestly, like I meant, I've always meant to go back and listen to his podcast because it's it sounded really cool. Um, I think it's like horror from a gay perspective, you know. So and come on, it's Friday Gay the Thirteenth. That's that's great. Yeah. And I actually love their logo, which is just Friday the third or like Friday the Thirteenth, but in the font. <laughs> but it's it's the rainbow flag. Yeah. Did I never, I've it? never listened to. Them, We're gonna but... have to check it out. Yeah, because I, 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 for, I just from briefly working with Andrew, like he was a very nice kid, and he, uh, he seemed like very intelligent, and like he mm. would put on a good show. So I have to check that out. But I remember Mark Patton getting like funding because this was, I think this was through like a Kickstarter or something. Mm. When he was getting funding for that, I think he went on that show and they like really pushed it and believed in it and stuff. So that was cool too. Um, so a lot of history that I've been following with this one. And uh, at the beginning of the documentary, they talk about how when in 2010, when Scream Queen or sorry, when uh, ne- what was it called? Never Sleep Again. Yeah. Came out uh, or when they were making it, they wanted to interview Mark Patton. And they couldn't find him yes. because he pretty much exiled himself from the, like Hollywood and being contactable. They had to hire a private investigator <laughs> to find him. Now, the one thing that I find funny about that is there is an old, old, old radio podcast from like 2010 or 9 or somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. It was right around that time. And I called into it. It was when I first started getting into horror and stuff. It was before I made my YouTube channel. I was like like 17 or or 16 or something like that. Yes. And when I started getting back into horror and I called in and – um, it was like a special show that they were doing to celebrate like their hundredth show or something like that. And to celebrate, they were giving away a ton of movies mm. and it was like a, it was like a live thing. So you had to call in, it was like on blog talk radio or something. And I used to listen to them, but at the time I just like kind of found them like a little bit before that, like before, right before their hundredth 
thing or whatever their anniversary show was. And I call and I was going to call in and what they were doing, which was cool, was they were having the like 12 guests that they've had on over the course of like the last year or whatever Mm. read trivia questions to the people calling in and then they would you know win a prize or something so mark Patton was one of them and this had to be or maybe even before that documentary it was like right there or right before so i'm like wondering if like how like they these guys didn't need to find <laughs> you know these guys found him on this podcast yeah. network <laughs> you know what i mean it because huh. he was that he i'm i can't remember i either talked to him and then Stephen Jeffries, or I talked to him, and then later I talked to Stephen Jeffries. I don't uh, remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But one cool thing is probably about four years ago, I found that show, and I found that audio of a super awkward, embarrassed JP, JPEG, a little JPEglet, calling in to this place, nervous as hell, getting Stephen Jeffries to ask me a question. Where is it? That I didn't know the answer to. And looked like a fool. And they felt bad for me. So they were trying to get me to like help me out. I still remember the question to this day. It's a question that I would kill. It would be easy to answer now. But I found this clip. and I Because I was looking for it. And I was like, what the hell is that podcast called? Somehow, like through the annals of my memory, I figured it out. Found, went through like dozens of, of episodes of it. And found the one where they were giving away stuff found the clip of me doing it i was gonna pull it and put it on 22 shots is like this is like predates the podcast by three years right the first audio recording of me you know on a on a podcast or radio show three years prior to 22 shots and then i heard it and i was like this is never seen the light of day why because I sounded like an idiot. Can I see it? No. Can I hear it? I don't remember Where what it is. It? <laughs> I should do. No, when I don't. did you find that? I found it. I told you like three years ago I found oh, it. Oh, okay. But it was the question was in Fright Night, which by the way at the time I hadn't even seen, <laughs> who is Peter Vincent named after? Dude, you're stupid. And I was like, you know, just being a general horror fan, I was like, Vincent price because i know that name yes i probably hadn't even seen a movie with him in it besides like edward scissorhands or something yes so i was like vincent price and they're like and the other one and i was like oh no and i started melting and then i was like uh peter uh they're like it rhymes with pushing (laughs) and i was like uh uh uh, and I was like, and I was like, I think, I, like in my head, I'm like, I think I remember like, Pete, like a Peter Cushing or something. And I was like, Cushion, and they're like, yeah, Peter Cushing, Cushion, Cushing, it it's Cushing. You probably yeah, spell it like cu- a I said Cushion though. Yeah, they said it rhyme with pushing, not pushing. You're stupid, dude. Listen, where's what what podcast is this? I don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> dude, I don't know. Then how know. did you remember back then to look up this podcast? It was three years ago. I mean, like the name of the show. It was three years ago. I don't remember now. It took me forever to figure it out I feel like the first you said time. earlier on just now. No, you I didn't. You said like the Baba Baba podcast. <laughs> no, I swear I to God that happened. No, it was... A- <laughs> 
Play back the film, everybody. It was on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, okay. So it was because at the beginning it was like Blog Talk Radio, and it was like it was like two hours long. Wait, did you say this was celebrating their hundredth like episode? It was. It was like their hundredth show, or like their two year anniversary, or oh. some crap like that. Yes. And um, it was it was great, dude. But honestly, like I loved that show. I that was like. So I listened to this. Uh, the first show I ever listened to was Rabbit and Red with Michael J. Vince and Alex mm-hmm. in like 2009 or 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was forever ago. Yeah. Dude, I think it was like 2009 or something. It was like something crazy because I remember, I remember my cousin going to summer school. Like yeah. I remember. Wow, that's crazy. It, time has, sure does fly, buddy. Time sure does fly. That it does, little guy. That does. So, anyway, I, I, I used to listen to the, them, and then um, then the other show I listened to was, um, like, the horror... It was, like, called, like, Horror Movie... Po- it was, like, Horror Movie Weekly or something. Mm. Weekly Horror Movie Podcast or something. Mm-hmm. There's a reiteration of it out there still today. Um, but that was on the network Horror Palace, which was another network that rivaled Horophilia. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I didn't know Horophilia until after Horror Palace closed. Yeah. But there was uh, a show on there called Land of the Creeps that I really listened to. They still do stuff. And then I, like, when that shut down, I was looking for more things to listen to. And I found that blog talk radio crap Mm. and uh it was um it was good they they they, they talked a lot they were super nerdy but they talked a (laughs) lot about horror and it was like where i learned so much early on like i remember that one time they like ranted about charles band and it was like it was great but you love charles band i like charles Band. you love him but so yeah that is um my story of how I kind of talked to Mark Patton. Very cool, buddy. Yeah. Very interesting that he existed back then. Yeah, but I can't remember if it was on the same episode. Because I oh. I had called in a couple times. I sounded like an idiot every time. Yeah. Well, how how many times would you say? How um, many how many eps would you say exist when you say something? Oh, I don't know. But there's at least one. I shall. Find I don't know. See, I don't know if some of the eps got taken down. I shall. I don't even know if these are still up. I shall find them. They. I don't even know if these are still up. Oh. It could be gone. Oh. In the ether, in the history, and gone. Oh. All right. So let's get into this. So Mark Patton. Um, I knew a little bit about it. Obviously, we know the um. The gay thing with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Yes. It's it's gay. It is. And I never noticed it as a kid. Yeah, honestly, I didn't either, and I never understood why people made a big deal. Like, the only obvious, even the bar thing, I don't think I knew that was, like, a gay bar, but the only gay thing was, like, the dude getting, like, whipped in the butt. That was, like, the only thing that I really picked up on when I was younger. Yeah, I think that was the only thing that I felt was a little bit weird. Yes. But to me, like, the gay bar, like, all the, like, there's so much stuff there. Like, you know, like, he's inside me and, (laughs) like, you know, it's, like, dude, it actually, 
I actually think the film is better now that I know about the all the gay stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because it is literally like a perfect metaphor for holding in like your gayness. Yeah. Like if you if like let's say I'm gay and <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? Are you gay, buddy? Let's say I'm oh, gay okay. for the sake of argument and I am don't want you to know. Why? Or anybody because okay. I'm like embarrassed by it or I think society won't uh well, I don't think they're embar- they're not embarrassed by it. Well, they they are but not because they are afraid to be like disowned by their family and friends kind of. Right. Usually. Yeah, like it can be embarrassing because it's Different. something private and yeah. you know, something that's you can't really change about yourself and you know that they you're scared people are going to judge you and stuff. I get it. Yeah. So, let's say like that's me, so you hold that in and it's but it's like primal because it want like you're not supposed to hold in stuff like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's because it's like such a strong um feeling you know yeah. your attraction or your uh you know sexual attraction or even just like your um you know thinking dudes are good looking you know like you hold that back it's and an then, important aspect of life yeah and 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 it and it's like a metaphor and and because you're holding it back right Mm. that's where it's like even worse yeah and you know that that's like freddy basically like freddy's like the beast yeah within you know what i mean it's it's cool i i think it's super cool and um like it's funny because like whenever mark Patton, like was before i knew about like all like he was gay and stuff like that yeah like now he does have like a little like flamboyant like twirl to his voice yeah but when i when like i never know he just seemed like a dude yeah it, i didn't a nightmare to me like when everybody's like he screams like a girl and stuff i'm like dude he's he's like scared i don't know like <laughs> it didn't seem like girly to me it just seemed like like a teenager like who's like t- terrified yeah i don't think they're like saying like you can't play straight. Like, I don't know. I thought I would thought he was believable. I thought, yeah. Like you nowadays, it's like his voice kind of shows like the flamboyance. But back then, it's like he sounded just like a typical straight guy. And then like the girl, you know, the relationship aspects of the film, I thought were pretty good. Like the the scream. I've heard other movies where like I can't. I don't know any examples right now off the head. But like some guys do scream like a girl. Right. That doesn't mean you're gay. Like, I've heard men in re- real life, like, scream like a girl. No, like, so. seriously, like, I might, like, in a true fear moment, like, I might scream like that. I don't know, dude. Like, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, you're not going to go, oh. You're yeah. Gonna, like, use your, like, inner, like, shrieky voice. Yeah, it was a good scream. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I think that that is a great, I think his acting is fantastic in that, in Nightmare on Elm Street too. Mm. I always have. I thought it was great. And I always... And this is, you know, say what you want, but I always identified with Jesse. Yeah. Like, I'm not joking because to me, it was always two people who I, like, rocked with in terms of, like, final people, final du- dudes, final dudes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And it was Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th. Yes. And it was Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. 
because those were the two dudes that I knew and I was a dude. So like I related to the, I never related to the girls when I was watching them. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, probably obvious, but well, yeah, but like for me, like Jesse, I could relate to, like I could relate to like, you know, friends pants in you, which happened to me. I've been pants before. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And, it, and so like in the movie, like now that you know all the gay subtext, it's a little gay. But, like, mm. you know, that's a pretty normal thing for teenagers to do to each other. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, not normal, but, like, it's it was, like, like I, I got pantsed in the middle of the cafeteria. And there I knew another kid who got pantsed in, like, the middle of a football game. And, like, it was, like, it would just go in flares. Like, that's, that was, like, what people would do. That was never really a pandemic around my... Oh, it was horrible. Like, I hated it. That wasn't felt a thing so in my school. Um, but, you know, and then... Like that whole thing where they're doing the push up or they're they're do, they're doing the uh, planks. Yeah, dude, that happened to me in my gym class in in seventh grade. So um, we kept talking, and our teacher, Mister Hig, said like you know he was like real strict, and he's like if you keep talking, blah blah, blah. and then he like it was like me, um, this kid named Mike, this kid named Ross, and like I think this kid named Tim. And he was like, come up here, come up here. Because we were in, like, health class. Like, you know, yeah, gym, like, yeah, one week out of the mm-hmm. damn month or whatever, you would have a health week. Yeah. And it would be boring that. as hell. Um, well, he took us up to the front in front of the whole class. And he's, like, he's like, um, getting a push-up, push-up position. And then he's, like, stay there. And we're just sitting there, like, and it just starts burning. And there was, like, this, like, chubbier kid named ross mm-hmm. and he his like knees kept falling he's like get your knees up get your knees up he kept like you know i wonder uh, why'd you let that happen and then he was like he was like making fun of us because we were struggling he's like he's like my cheerleading my cheerleaders can do this longer than you guys like and like he's like making fun of us in front of the class and the class was laughing and stuff yeah i don't believe in that i don't get why you let that happen <laughs> what do you mean let it happen i thought you were like a badass in school why didn't you say i'm not doing that and then go to the principal's office because everybody else was doing it and I, it didn't seem bad i was like and like like okay if somebody said you know like put your head down and blah, 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 but like it depends what the punishment was if it was like give me your phone no f that i'm not giving you my phone if it was like do push-ups okay i'm a man i can do push-ups you know what I mean? So, like, that's what I kind of looked at it like, you okay. know? Like, it was like, I'm proving my strength here. You know, I'm showing an example of my strength. And I didn't have – I did weak. Yeah, you sucked. I did. But anyway, so, like, I relate – there was, like, so many instances where I related to Jesse and, like, stuff that he was d- dealing with in, like, school and stuff. And obviously when I was a kid, I didn't deal with any of this because I was a kid. Like, this movie came out way before I was born. Yeah. But – I remember just like always identifying with like, like the, the dreams and stuff. Like he has these dreams where he is, you know, like about to kill his sister or something, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. I could see, like, I used to have like nightmares when I was a kid and stuff and like be all sweaty and stuff. And it always reminded me of this one, not what Nancy was doing where she would wake up and put the damn cross on this wall it was more like these hot, like chaotic dreams. I think they nail that in this one. I never actually had that happen to me. Like have a dream where I'm wake up literally sweating or like screaming or I've never I've had bad dreams where like I my eyes fling open, but 
I can never relate to that in movies. Oh, dude, I always... They're, like, falling out... Well, I fall out of bed a few times, but, like, I've never... I've never fallen out of bed. Uh, But, like, the hot sweating like that and stuff, that's happened to me a bunch. But, um... So, yeah, the Nightmare on Elm Street 2, love it. I've always have. And I'm happy to see that not only is, like, the horror community sort of embracing it a little bit. And to go back to Alex Edwards, he's somebody who always has pushed it. Yeah. And liked it. And... And he actually was one of the people – like I've always liked it, but I never realized how much I liked it until I heard him talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he started pointing out – because I was younger and couldn't like formulate my own cognitive thoughts at the time. You know what I mean? Where I'm like actually yeah. figuring out why I like something. I've learned that. I, I, anybody who's seen my Hellraiser reviews know that I wasn't very good at talking. This is going to be my review of Hellraiser. Shut up! I'm sorry, I'm not- <laughs> Um, but shut up. <laughs> How many times have you watched that? A lot. No, I've only I've watched the beginning part sometimes just to see how you look. And then so I was like, you know, thinking about that movie more and, and he got me to like it more. But I've always liked Elm Street too. It's always been a good film. But I'm happy to see that the horror community is embracing it more. And particularly the gay community seems to be really embracing it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. It's like the nightmare movie for them. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the first one to them. Before almost. it was, it was like, you know, made fun of for being gay. Now it's like embraced for being gay. Yeah, it's which like, is what you like to see. Yeah, and it's like hated on for not following the Freddy guidelines, but it's like kind of its own thing, and it's loved for its own reasons, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So. So, the documentary follows Mark Patton, and it tells his story, right? It tells how he got uh, involved in acting. And one thing that I'll give it props for is I didn't know, like, that he was, like, on Broadway and stuff like that. Yeah, me neither. That was really interesting. Yeah, like, he did, like, a musical with, like, Cher or something. Yeah, and he... Like, he did commercials and stuff before that, too. Right. Like, all kinds of... Because you see, like... Like, a lot of the actors who are in the Elm Streets and the Friday the 13th and stuff, minus, like, Johnny Depp, like, their careers never... And Kevin Bacon. Their Mm. careers never, like, took, took off. You know what I mean? So you never think that, like... When they start talking about him and how, like, you know, his career was about to take off... At first, I was like, really? From like, you know, uh, but then, like, when you see the trajectory of what was happening beforehand, mm-hmm. it does make sense. He probably was, his his career was probably about to take off. And he had that look, too, right? Yeah, he just had that, boy. like, like great, like, Perfect. lead male look, like, mm-hmm. the, like a Johnny Depp, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like a Johnny Depp. And um, that was, that was cool to see, like, how he went and just like went he like went to la when he was like 17 or something like right out of high school yeah he like went up to new york and then there was was new, flew yeah, out. sorry new york okay well then he was <laughs> flown out to la like when it came time for, like movie time so yeah but yeah that was pretty cool i mean you know and it's like he said he went up to that dude's door before he acted and he was like i'm not an actor so i shall knock even though it said right, don't, don't yeah. knock on my door if you're yeah, an actor it said if you're an actor he went to like he found out he needed to get an agent yeah and he went to this place and it said if you're an actor do not knock on this door you know slide your portfolio under the door 
And he's like, I'm not an actor yet, so I knocked. Yes. <laughs> and that just goes to show you sometimes, like, just being aggressive uh-huh. can change your life. You know what I mean? Like, if it says don't do it, like, I normally won't do it. But that goes to show that sometimes. Yeah, and all those people that did fuck do the it. Rules. Yeah, there's probably so many portfolios that were just ignored. Right, yeah. No one cared about. <clears throat> so. so, um,. When Mark Patton did Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, it was really, um, at first it was just like pan because it wasn't like the same type of movie. Yeah. And then people started picking up on the gay subtext and the writer of the film, um, was his name David? David Chastain or something? Yeah, David Chastain. Yeah. Um, he denied, denied, denied that there was any type of gay subtext in the film. And then once Pete and Mark Patton's ar- argument is that once because this kind of he said that this film kind of really hurt his career and um, that coupled with, you know, the whole witch hunt of exposing the gays in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, especially due to HIV concerns and stuff like that, coupled with that really kind of killed his career. He got into a relationship where he um the per the person that he was with was a star of Little House on the Prairie, I think, or he was on Little House on the Prairie. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Was it Little House? It was Dallas. Was it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry to the kid who's not gay on Little House on the Prairie. It was like what? <laughs> um, but yeah, he contracted HIV, um, and AIDS, and eventually died. So all of that put together with the fact that like you know this film he was kind of mocked mm-hmm. for the his performance in the film it made him to just decide to give up hollywood and and disappear and he went to mexico um now david chastain uh-huh. denied 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 <clears throat> that there was a, any gay subtext in there um until for years you know Mm -hmm. um and he basically blamed he would say stuff like you know uh or he would admit that there was a little bit of subtext but the casting made it couldn't be subtext because mark Patton was so gay yeah it ruined the film film, Mm -hmm. which is complete horseshit (laughs) but i so like that's like the where the documentary the focal point uh, the climax, if you will, of the documentary comes from it's those two reuniting after years to sort of talk this thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say this. I do feel like, to an extent, Mark Patton, from an outside point of view, did seem to be a little bit of a drama queen with it. <laughs> uh, I feel like to him it was much bigger than and, – and it's always going to be bigger to the person – yeah. Who is doing it. Yeah. Who it's happening to. Mm-hmm. So I can't really judge him for that. But from the outside perspective, just what I would think, I would think that he was making a, a too big of a – I think he was making a big deal of something that probably wasn't that big of a deal currently. But he, Yeah. He's like holding him, a grudge for years and years over that. Yeah. But as you see, and as the story unfolds, you know, spoiler alert, he accepts it mm-hmm. afterwards. He really, honestly, the guy just wanted an apology all this time. That's all he wanted. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And 
I think that David Chastain, dude, he's kind of dumb. <laughs> like, he should be owning this. Like, yeah, I made this film to help struggling. I, like, I wrote it this way because I was fascinated by people who were gay and stuck in the closet and couldn't come out due to being judged and stuff like that. He doesn't even own how brilliant it is. Yeah. He doesn't own it. And I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, now's the, like you should have owned it before, but now especially I would have told Mark Patton, like, look, I'm sorry for the stuff that I've said about you, about you. Like those were jokes. Were they in poor taste? Maybe because you know, I'm I'm just a jokester. I like jo- that's some shit that I would probably say too because I I like to joke a lot and I like to push buttons and I like to troll. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I'm sorry for that. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I was just trying to be funny. Yes. But if you want to know why, I wrote it like that because it fascinated. Because to be a gay person in America at the time was scary, and it was a cool metaphor. Because Freddy is inside them, the gay is inside them, Mm -hmm. it works out perfect, you know, and then you have all this stuff that it still plays like a horror movie too. And I did it like, I did it like that because it was fascinating and I was curious and I wanted to put that on screen and maybe struggling gay kids could relate. Yes. That's what I would say, because, like, I don't yeah, feel like he, he's owning it enough, man. No, he kind of just, like, give... I almost I thought the twist was going to be, well, like, I wrote it like that because I've struggled with being gay <laughs> and I'm finally coming out <laughs> now. You know what I mean? Like, but um, I thought that that was, you know, I would have I, I would have liked him to own it more. Yeah, I still feel like even, like, he gives kind of an apology and then, like, yeah, Mark Patton's fine with that, but I almost feel like even then, I feel like David didn't believe that or something. Like you said, he didn't really own it. He just was like, right. yeah, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings with anything. And he's like very kind of like not caring. Do kind of comes off a little douchey. Me, he does come off a little douchey. He reminds douchey. me of like John Landis. Fuck you John, hate Landis. John Landis. Fuck him. Stop. But anyway, um, uh, anyway, um, no, I was going to say, like, and I agree, like, I completely agree. Like, Mark Patton, I feel like was kind of. Like, just let it go, buddy. But at the same time, it's, you know, you get, I felt really bad. He says, all these years later, I discovered the internet and I was mad. And he sees all these articles calling him, like, you know, faggots and gay and queer and, like, all the things saying, like, this is the worst movie ever. This guy is horrible. And, like, that would, you know, and he has to deal with that literally the rest of his life because there's always going to be those people who just say that stuff as trolls on the internet. Like you, you're a troll. And, um... I, so I, I don't do troll bad. like that though. I'm yeah, never gonna call someone. Yeah, I like, don't. Yeah. Th- honestly, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, who cares? Like, if mm. he's, like, I don't understand. Like, I think it makes Fre- Freddy's Revenge unique and cool. Yeah, I do too. Like, it's my favorite nightmare film. And plus, you know. I love. There's some so many great scenes in there. Like the opening bus scene is one of my favorite scenes in the horror. Yeah, I really like it. I like. I just like the whole movie. I have fun. I love the ending pool party scene and all that stuff. I just have a lot of fun with that film. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I felt Mark Patton's pain a little bit in the film, and I, I was surprised. You know, they, 
movies, it rolls like an hour and 40 minutes and they get a lot in there and they talk a lot about not so much the movie, just his life and the whole AIDS epidemic thing that was going on. And yeah, they it's do like a really, really good sad. job with the AIDS epidemic because, you know, I I don't remember, obviously, the entire, like, AIDS thing because I wasn't born. Yeah. But I remember in the early 90s, mm-hmm. right, like, 93, 94, when I was, like, four or four, like, so. Yeah. I remember... It being still like a scare. Like I remember my mom and aunt talking about it and like my mom made my like her boyfriend go get tested and stuff for it. It was like a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, like I had I had known people who had like like friends of my mother and stuff like that who had contracted it. You Mm. know what I mean? And died. Yeah. Um. Hell, like family members of mine, like I, my, um, uh, ma, my grandma's like cousin or something contracted it and died. Jeez. And yeah, I like I knew some people, but um, I remember it being still like even in school, like they used to talk about it more in like elementary yeah, school. Yeah, well, even. yeah. When I was in middle, I think it was middle school. Even we had to watch that Ryan White story. Did you ever hear that? Like yeah. the little. He was a little boy and he had a blood disorder and they gave him a blood transfusion and he got it and like the whole movie's about him and like so they were in they were educating us too and it wasn't necessarily a scare but it's, it's like learning about it in school I, it made me feel like oh my god you can get this like so easily if someone has it so mm-hmm. you know even like in the 2000 early 2000s late 2000s it was still talked about now it's kind of they pretty much got that under control I think they have like yeah, a lot more no medication cure for it Mm-hmm. But they're they've like medicine has come such a long way. Like it was an automatic death sentence. Yeah, it was it like was, it was the same as cancer, pretty much. Worse. With, yeah. Because sometimes cancer, you make it through. Yeah. You didn't really make it through HIV back then. Yeah. You and know what, what it I mean? does to people? Like, is like the great, the late great Easy E. Right. Yes. He died of AIDS. Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins is another one. Who else? trying to think i think the dad from the brady bunch died of aids too really yeah he was a closeted gay like on really that, that entire show he was very uncomfortable like with any loves with <laughs> florence henderson i i don't know why i know this information but pretty sure he got it as well but yeah i mean i do sympathize for any hollywood actor at the time who was gay yeah because that it was not it was not you have to like pay people off pretty much be like, okay, I'm going to do this with you. It, was, don't not, tell it was not accepted. It really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It really was not accepted. And also if you were a gay actor and you traditionally played a straight character, mm-hmm. nobody wanted to hire you. You know what I mean? Because they just thought you couldn't do it. Yeah. And like, like one, one of my favorites is Neil Patrick Harris of I was, today. I was literally going to bring that up. Because Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris is like super gay. He plays like, but he plays Barney. <laughs> he plays like the greatest like sleazemeister in in How I Met Your Mother. And then Harold and Kumar. And then Harold like... and Kumar is great. Like I love that guy. No, Patrick Harris is awesome. Yeah. Um. So, when they were talking about the HIV thing, and I had no idea about Mark Patton. I didn't either. I didn't know he had all types of yeah he stuff got wrong with him. screwed up man he had yeah. cancers and stuff and 
tuberculosis and he said he couldn't like take medication for like the AIDS because of the tuberculosis at the time. It was like conflicting. I don't know. Like yeah, stuff like it that. sounded so, really rough. Yeah, but I'm so like it's you know he looks good now. It's like he's obviously made it through quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed this. I thought it was an interesting take. It made me want to you know meet Mark Patton. I enjoyed. I like how he was saying how he goes to the conventions now and he's like, these people, it's a big deal to them to meet you. Like, this is their one day in the world to meet you. So you right. gotta, you gotta put yeah, on a big that show was for a them. Good, that was a good thing. I, I, I like his perspective on that because, it, I mean, it honestly is true. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily with me. Like, there's not really people out there that I'm like, like, I, I, I still see them as people yeah. for the most part. Because, I don't know, maybe I'm just exposed to it more in the community and stuff like that. And, mm. and you know, podcasting for so long and stuff. You, you start to, um, you know, maybe even having some sort of level of fandom myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it, you realize that it's like everybody's just people. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're allowed to have a bad day. Also, like- meeting a couple of them, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, But the thing that he said was, like, really true, though, man, because for other people, it is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. It is, like, one of the most important moments of their life, something they're going to remember forever. Yeah. 100%. Like, you're not going to forget a time you met uh, either a hero or a favorite uh, person of yours. And, And a lot of times people forget, too, that, like, Sometimes these movies mean more than just movies, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I'm a kid and I'm having a bad time, right? Yeah. Like, you know my story. Yes. Right? Like, I'm having, like, bad parental issues, you know? My my mother was a drug user. Um, I had a lot of bad things happening around me when I was a kid growing up. It was very hard. Mm-hmm. And just for an example, there was one thing that always helped me out. Like whenever it was, you know, bad, you know, drug dealers coming in and out of the house, stuff like that, you know. And it was the VCR. I always could like fall into that and and focus on that. Mm -hmm. And one of the films that I always watched was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Yeah. Because I had it on VHS. And... Like, so people like me or people that maybe their mom dies mm-hmm. and they go into a depression and they their comfort food is movies, film fans. Their comfort place is movies. And it doesn't always have to be the best movie. It's just one that you connect with. And sometimes these people, you know, it could be The Evil Dead or it could be, you know, this or that or whatever. You with, like, Shining or something. Yeah. So if you get to meet somebody from that thing it's not you're just meeting a person to you you're meeting someone that you feel almost saved your life Mm -hmm. or got you through really tough times it feels like they they're close to you so whenever these people go to meet these people and their dicks it crushes them yeah it crushes them dude i think i would be okay because i've i've like learned throughout time like i got pretty tough skin you know i do yes i do not but Right, you don't. Hey. But these other people, man, 
do you feel bad for them? Because if they meet somebody that they idolize mm-hmm. and the person is just a dick or they're, you know, kind of annoyed or whatever. And I understand. We're all human. Yeah, You're sitting in a chair for hours, eight sign, hours. Yeah, standing signing up to take autographs, pictures every Meeting minutes. smelly people. <laughs> meeting people that want to be too touchy. Meeting people that won't shut the hell up. <laughs> meeting people that can't get a word out. Like, mm-hmm. it probably get on my nerves too. Yeah. Like, someone like Jeremy would never be able to do it. He would just be known. As, he'd be known as, like, the, like, biggest douchebag in the world. But... <clears throat> So these people go and meet these people and like I understand they're human and stuff but Mark Patton got the right attitude about it. Yeah. Like if it, it it's going to be something that these people remember like I want to do my best to make them happy. And we've we've had luckily no issues with the people we've met. Yeah, they've all been nice and they do make your entire day for the rest of the day. Like those days have been the best days of my life cuz it's just like fills you with like such a joy it's you watch the movie the next time you watch the movie you're like oh, i saw that person in person and it's a huge who was the thing. nicest to you the nicest to me like in your opinion who do you think was the nicest i don't know i mean alex vincent was pretty nice i don't know dude all those people like i liked frank henenlotter quite a bit yeah as well for me it was jill Sholin. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She I was so nice. Yeah, she was just a normal woman. Like, she just yeah. didn't even seem like... She yeah. was very pretty, too. Very friendly person. Adrian Barbell was so nice. Tom Atkins was Tom super Atkins nice. Tom Atkins was great. I mean, everybody was nice. Yeah. Joe, Bob, and Darcy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... The only person that wasn't nice was Corey Feldman. And we, we didn't chose not... Meet. We literally chose not to meet him by our best judgments because we didn't want to be disappointed. But, um... Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, I feel like if you're going to go do that, it's essentially a job. I mean, you're getting paid to sit there all day and sign the autograph, so I, I agree with Mark Patton. You should put on a performance. They don't care about your life problems right then and there. They care that you were like, you play I mean, Jesse that is and... a very fair point, because if you go to work, uh-huh. you. Yeah, I If have to you be go nice. to work and you're in a, and you're crappy to, like, your customers or your, uh, well, you don't have customers, but well, yeah, I guess some, well, some, someone calls, yeah, patient calls me on Patience. the phone and is mean to me. It's like, I can't be like, go F yourself. I yeah. have to pretend. So these celebrities do need to act. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ones we've met have been great. Yeah. There's no reason. But yeah. you know, the ones that are known as dicks, like, like Linda Blair, Linda Blair out here, <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to refrain from judging because who knows? Some people are sensitive to and, and babies. So, you know, but I don't want to like, yeah, t- you're, you're working right now. You know what I mean? You're getting, p- these people are paying you a lot of money to do this. Mm-hmm. Like they make a lot of money signing those autographs and it's only gotten more expensive. Yeah. Um, like if I met Robert England and he was, a, and I paid like $200 and he was an ass, like I would, I would be so mad. I know. <laughs> but I just can't see a guy like Robert England doing I've that. I've heard these like super nice. He and, like, always, he always forever. seems so enthusiastic. Yeah, like I read an article the other. Guy. Yeah, I read something the other day that said like you need a sleeping bag if you're gonna wait in his line because he'll talk to the fans for like ten hours each because yeah. he doesn't want them to walk away. I would love to meet Mark Patton now. What a great guy, man. Yeah, I, I feel I'm happy that he was able to tell his story. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that he was able to get closure in that particular thing that bothered him, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy that. He seems happy. Mm-hmm. You know, these people are, are people who have affected my life, affected your life. 
uh, do, we're doing this stuff right here because they did their stuff back then. And I've always just, it, when I was watching it, it, it did that thing where like, you know, when you watch a bunch of like crappy movies or like stuff that like, you know, you have to watch for podcasts and stuff and yeah. just getting on your nerves. And then you find something that like reignites why you do this, why you're into it, why it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what Scream Queen, uh, My Nightmare on Elm Street did for me. Yes. I appreciate it. It was it a was really good movie. And, and Shudder, big ups on them. Yeah, they come up with good things. Like, I, I always look forward to their docs or their little mini-series. Their docs have been great. Yeah. It's... Horror Noir? I know, that was a really they're, good they're one. They're supposed to do a queer horror one. Really? Yeah, like a, it's called like queer horror. I think mm-hmm. it's like a documentary on gay horror. I'm sure this will be very prevalent in there. Yeah, but uh, the... is that's not a bad word, is it? I don't know. I it's mean, offensive well, no, anymore. It's, it's <clears throat> not really because you were looking at me like no, I was saying I didn't mean, some. No, I was like I just realized like what was I? I was listening to something the other day and they said they actually that, that was weird you said that because they were saying how the word queer kind of got brought back and like taken on by the gays as like a positive thing when back in the day it was like as bad as like the fag you know fag it was but now it's kind of it's literally in is the lbgq yeah is that's it? what the q is queer is yeah so they just took it back lesbian you know? gay bi trans transgender transgender and then queer because queer can mean what's the plus anything what's i'm the, not talking about hold this on, what's you, the q queer isn't that the same what do you mean is gay and lesbian and bi it can mean like diff i think it just means difference uh, now i think because that's what i think well, by I definition feel, I, that's what that word means but you're pretty queer oh <laughs> no i'm just kidding anyway. um no but all respect to all the uh gay and lesbian and and transgender and and queer and all that stuff people out there Yes. Um, you guys have been a great part of horror, honestly. Yeah. Like, the, like the gay the gay aspect of like horror films, I've been pretty happy with. Like, there's not a ton mm-hmm. of representation in, in the that particular community, but the like, what was that one from um, last year or not, two years no. ago? What? It was like the lesbian couple go out to the. Uh, Oh, what was that called? There was like one, where, what was that? You mean when they go out and then like there's that twist? Yeah. Um, That was a pretty good one. There was a few problems with it, but um, it was like, like lovers or something. They're like left. No, it was like a sentence type of title. I remember that. I forget. I can't remember. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, I just remember the pink and black cover. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that one was pretty good. And then I actually, last night was watching High Tension. Oh yeah, which is a yeah. great um, LGBTQ mm-hmm. uh, film. I can't even think of any off the top of my head, but you mentioned that. Oh, there's that. A, there's it's a like... handful of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so anyway, uh, do you want to get into ratings? Yes. All right, so I will go first. Um, I really like this film. Initially, I gave it a seven point five, but I am gonna bump it into an eight. I think it's a very solid. Uh, I think the people one thing that I didn't mention was the editing. Mm-hmm. The editing was great. The editing and the music and the transitions uh was all good. And that to me a lot of that stuff when it documentaries uh the key to documentaries not necessarily 
all the time of what you, the subject matter is, but it's how you say this, how you tell the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Like what you show and what you don't show. Who's talking and what are you showing? You know, are you showing the person talking or are you showing B-roll? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That flows, helps a documentary flow. So I thought the editing was very good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was very well done. Uh, I was super enthralled with it. And it made me appreciate Mark Patton and want to meet him. And kind of makes me look at the movie different now. Probably every time I watch, just knowing a little bit more about him and how he's how he's felt and dealt with the whole thing his whole life. So um, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. Yes. All right. So with that said, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this return to Netflix and chill. There is no uh, regular release schedule, but we will get to them whenever we can. So uh, whenever something comes out that we both watch on Netflix or Shudder, uh, we will check it out and then we will do an episode uh, check out his and hers movie podcast, which is our primary podcast right now. It's a weekly show. Uh, and until then, peace out. Peace.